Silence! Silence! I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is a little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. back to another episode of Curiosus Animus. I'm your host, Scott. And today I've got a, someone I count amongst my friends, Raven Kiefer. He's a gentleman who I've uh, initially met through some other podcasts, but I've grown to enjoy his company when I can get it. He's a busy dude. He puts out a lot of content and a lot of episodes. So I would highly recommend that you check him out. Uh, Raven, if you want to plug your stuff first, we'll plug it again at the end and uh, help people find uh, I, I i never want to plug my stuff but if you want to find me uh, you can find me at uh, spreaker.com um that's my home page for my podcast and then i'm on all the repeater sites under raven Kiefer. so you can find me there and then i've got an amazing youtube channel under raven Kiefer too and that'll work <laughs> it's good stuff so today um raven and i are going to break into energy and uh, meditation prayer um, even thought which is essentially kind of all one the same and how that has a propensity to affect the reality around us so oh yeah oh, so yeah. i mean magic too right like it you know um oh yeah ritual is i guess just acted out versions of the mental process Oh yeah, you know, ritual, ritual and ceremony are just another way of focusing your intent. I like uh, Manly P. Hall has some pretty interesting stuff. Where and at one point he talks about how uh, he uses specifically natives as a reference for this particular example, and he says, you know, a native moves along and he finds a stone and it has a certain shape and a certain color and he likes it. He picks it up and he puts it in his pouch. And he goes along and he finds another stone later on on his journey. He, he picks that one up and it's a certain shape and color and he likes that one too. And then uh, he takes those two different stones, ties together with uh, some, some raw hide and maybe adds a feather. And then it goes from being two stones that don't have any value to becoming a fetish. And it's like a focal mm -hmm. point for your energy, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, so, so people have worry stones and, and lucky charms, you know, and it is a, a focal point for the mental energy to affect, I guess, reality, our environment, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's <coughs> excuse me, all allergy seasons hit me again. Um, 
a very good example is Wiccans burn candles. Mm. And and they, you know, they they buy all the different color candles because that's good marketing. But all you have to have is a candle and you focus your intent on it. Um, you can use stone, you can use a very good example is when you smudge, you, you we have ritualistic and ceremonially used smudging as a way to cleanse ourselves for so long as natives that using sage and sweet grass and cedar and burning it and then using that smoke in a way that, that, that we do, um, it's a ritualization of a cleansing ceremony. It's like people who go to get baptized or people who go to the river or the lake or whatever. Um, but it's your intent that makes it happen, not all the ritualization. I do. So I've come to an understanding, and I don't know if it's um, me picking it up or or what. But so when there is a time of transformation or when things are going from one state of substance to another state, from um, cedar, sweetwood, and uh, sage, as you mentioned, from being vegetable matter into vapor right because it becomes smoke and then it becomes mixed in with the air so it's a a a transfer uh if you Mm -hmm. look at um voodoo right like they they you know uh sacrificing a chicken for example you know you're taking a state of life and transferring it to a state of death or whatever comes after and i i suspect Mm -hmm. that it is the the transfer and putting intent behind the change that that helps kind of push things along well yeah definitely uh when you when you talk about you know burning uh sage sweetgrass and, and cedar when you talk about doing the smudge you are creating a different energy by burning it for one thing but the smoke the transition from one form to another you know you have to figure there's there's energy in it um i mean there would have to be um but you know you can go to the water the same and and there's energy there that's being passed over you if you're in the we call it going to the water if you're in the river um there's energy that's being passed over you and cleansing you um you know it's a it's a hard thing for for me to explain that's the reason why the subject gets so wonky sometimes is because it's your intent. You can go to the river and go swimming and, and nothing's going to happen. It's not going to change anything for you. But if you go to the river with the intent that I'm going to get in the water and I'm going to let go of this negativity and, and the things that I've been carrying and burdening myself with all year, then when you go to the water and you get in the water, it will remove it. You'll come out feeling refreshed. It's kind of the principle behind baptism. Um, you're not supposed to just do it once, though. That's actually pretty cool. So as a, as a science angle, um, I'm aware that moving water has a tendency to deposit electrons, right? So like we can go into moving water and, and, you know, feel revitalized after spending some time in it, or if you're swimming, you know, you're moving through it. But if you just sit in still stagnant water, it has a tendency to actually draw electrons out of you. Oh yes. You're more tired. Um, So there's, this is a cool conversation because we get to play with both the science and the spirit angle of it. And I'm finding more and more that as we go further into science, it turns out that our intuitionistic understandings of things 
are right. They, they, well, not a hundred percent all the time because people have different expectations and that too augments things, but, um, they're right, definitely you, two sides of the same coin to me. Knowing that, knowing the scientific aspect. Okay. Um, traditionally you go to the water and by that it has to be moving water, a brook, a stream, you know, preferably something that you can actually duck yourself down into, but the, the, the running water delivers electrons to your body. So that's going to give you a perk up. Um, that wasn't part of the teachings. It's go to the water and dip yourself in it and, and let go of things that are, are troubling you. Um, so then we find out scientifically that you're getting the electrons deposited. So you're, you're not only releasing mentally, mentally, releasing things that are troubling you or things that you've been carrying for the year. Grief is one of those things that you go to the water for. Um, but you're also picking up electrons that actually make you feel better. Um, oh, you know, that's, that's hokey pokey, you know, uh, superstitious stuff. Well, no, the more we do and the more they study, the more the science is backing up a lot of these ceremonies. It's like using sage and sweet grass inside of a sweet, uh, sweat house. When you go into a sweat house, you're sweating out impurities. And they found out that sage and sweet grass, when it's smoked inside of a closed space and you're breathing it, it actually helps force impurities out through your uh, skin. I believe that. I believe it. Uh, we have a tendency to think of, uh, of the things in our environment not necessarily necessarily impenetrating us all the time or at least i i used to um i picked up a, a spooky two device and ran a scan and uh, one of the things that it pinged as a frequency was was sandalwood and i had burned some sandalwood incense in the house earlier in the day and i thought it was pretty interesting that um, <laughs> it was able to pick up the frequency of sandalwood in my system you know nice. so that's you know, I mean, there it, it it's accuracy for my experience so far. I mean, I'm real new to it, like brand new, but it's 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 kind of cool that uh, that it it does pick up on something sometimes. The accuracy has been hit and miss, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, like with the, I'm sure everybody, well, many people have seen the video where people stick their fingers into chlorinated water and from a tap. And then they pour another glass and then they put some chlorine reactive drops in it and it, you know, reacts and it becomes yellow. And then the mm -hmm. glass that they had their fingers in, they put some drops in there and it goes away. And, uh, you know, the chlorine's absorbed through your pores and everything. And uh, for, for me, that's a, a pretty good case for taking cold showers, like straight cold all the time. Um, <laughs> it, ha it, it has some immune benefits, but, it, you know, it also will keep your pores closed. So that'll help prevent the absorption mm -hmm. of, you know, a lot of the little nasty stuff that ends up being in some of the hygiene products that are available off the shelf. And Oh yeah. Uh, things well, you know, for me, it's, I, I always think about the difference between, uh, I saw that and I always thought about the difference between, uh, I was a swimmer and I always thought about the difference between being inside of a natatorium and being in an outdoor swimming pool in the, in the swim during the swim meets, because, You'd go to the natatoriums where everything was built up and it's indoor and the water's warm. Or you could go, we had outdoor swim meets and uh, you always felt different between the two of them. 
And now what I'm thinking is, is being in the cold water, you didn't take up near as much chlorine as you did when you were swimming inside of a natatorium. I, uh, I totally agree with that. And, and the reason being is when uh, I was late teens, I came back to Pennsylvania from Washington State and I ended up going to the Y a bunch and they murder the water with chlorine. Oh, uh, and I'd swim in there for like an hour. And at the time I was a smoker and I'd get out and my cigarettes would taste like chemical marshmallows for like know, six <laughs> hours or so. And so, oh, like, yeah. you know, like it's another thing that you're putting into your body. But, you know, at the same time, it's reacting with like probably toxic levels of chlorine since, you know, chlorides, uh, chlorides are very potent little agents. They are what make Sharpies burn into essentially everything they touch you know and sharpies are notoriously hard to get off of stuff oh yeah oh yeah well and you know it, it does happen to have a, a skull and crossbones on the container that too yeah it's right. <laughs> serious stuff um but let's let's talk about the topic at, at hand a little bit with uh, mental energy so i'm not a catholic i'm spiritual i don't have like a denomination as far as religion is concerned I, I really do appreciate my understanding of the, the naturalistic views. Uh, some people call them pagan or like native views, you know, where everything is interconnected with absolutely everything, you know? Oh yeah. When, and that's, I buy that. That makes sense to me, but I'm not poking fun of any Catholics out there, but I definitely want to dig into some of the ceremony in there because it's, it's pretty interesting when you look at it through different lenses. Um, like, uh, so so candle use is is real big right mm -hmm. in uh in ceremony for catholics you know at the beginning they light all the candles and at the end they snuff them all out uh in that time you know there's a lot of prayer a lot of discussion a lot of mental energy is uh you know the, the priest is up there um uh, preaching to the the uh the 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 viewership let's call it the name is escaping me congregation thank you thank you the congregation and uh you know and so there's a lot of mental energy plus you know physical into you know state changes with matter in the environment you're also doing you know taking the communion and stuff you're drinking a, you're drinking wine saying it's blood and so that mental energy converts some of that stuff eat the bread it's of my flesh you know we all have different perspectives on that but uh the the focused mental energy of people has a real impact on the world. And there's a study that was done in the 80s on focused meditation in Washington, D.C. in order to reduce crime. And they, that yes. year, they reduced it by like 24% or 25% crime rate. Um, yeah, it was, it was about a quarter, about a quarter, uh, you know, 25% lower than before. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then. The next year they didn't do it and it immediately went back up. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people would say that's circumstantial, but I, you know, uh, the, the chief of police had said in order to reduce crime in, I think it was July or August, it was in the hot months. And he said, you're, you're going to need a snowstorm. And uh, it, it reduced by like 24, 25%. So focused attention has absolute effect on reality and, and outcomes of situations. Uh, which is, you know, that's, that's, that's the reason for media saturation. You know, I don't want to get off onto that subject, but um, media saturation on a particular story, whether they're telling the truth or they're outright lying is irrelevant. Media saturation on a story 
creates focused energy and feeds into whatever it is that they're they're saturating people with. One hundred percent. The the media is a a a powerful powerful tool, and it you know I, I want to say a weapon, but it's not accurate because it can be used for a lot of different purposes. So it's much like a tool, just like a firearm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is it is a tool. Uh, so, but, but we do the same thing. With, yeah. with our focus, with our focus, you know, um, and, and with our podcast, hopefully we are offsetting that, that negative thought pattern that they're trying, you know, that they're establishing in people. I hope so too. And that's ultimately the goal of what I'm trying to do is just bring awareness and hopefully through that awareness, giving people back an understanding of how much power they really have, you know. The, and the only reason why Scott, the only reason why I brought up media is because it's the same principle as going to church. You get a large group of people in church that say, say somebody in the church congregation, and, and not all congregations do this anymore, but somebody in the congregation is really sick. The whole congregation will get together and they'll set up a prayer group and they will focus positive love healing on this person. And it has been emphatically proven that that prayer group with positive intention and love loves the catch toward the other person, that person is healed. Doctors can't explain it. They have no idea why it works or why that person got better, but that person got better. Um, that is a huge uh, example of how focused energy works. Yeah. So I, can recall one story where a family was charged with neglect and, and uh, maybe imprisoned because they chose in a hospital setting to try and faith heal their, their kid. And the, the child passed away, unfortunately. But I can't recall a single instance in media of the, the like, as you say, demonstrable proof of faith healing. Um, even in situations of the placebo effect and spontaneous remission is never covered and never put out because it no. doesn't support the narrative of doctor knows absolutely best for everything. And sometimes doctors, <laughs> will, sometimes doctors who know about this will actually put it into practice and tell, you know, somebody that they're getting this brand new medication, even though, you know, it's still in trials and the patient doesn't know, but they go into remission, you know, mm -hmm. now they're not going to tell the, uh, the board at the hospital, anything about that because, you know, they, you'd be uh, crucified but yeah there, yeah there have there have been experience uh, experiments through the years and this will tell you how the medical system works there have been experiments through the years where they have given people just a placebo basically it's a sugar pill of different colors um and uh giving them a placebo and telling them that this is the best stuff that we've got right now but it's experimental but it has shown that it is 100% effective in most cases. And people with a sugar pill will heal within an extremely short period of time from extreme issues. While the person who is actually being medicated with what they have been using for a long term, you know, can either, you know, heal over an extended period of time or get worse. Um, it's absolute proof that, you know, the power of the mind is where it's at. Which, uh, you know, it, it's so when it comes to 
excuse me, the electromagnetic spectrum and the, the cell towers and the RF and the EMF and all that stuff. It absolutely does have an effect. But I think that the, the mind and what we are connected to and, and are made of um, uh, ha, is, is a greater value and a higher uh, oh, absolutely. effect. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that you can mitigate essentially anything with enough inner knowing. You know what I mean? That's, that's just uh, on me. Ooh, well, you know, good. Yeah, that was a weird squeal. <laughs> um, it's just like using medication. Um, it, it doesn't matter if it's pharmaceutical or herbal. When you use medication, they have shown that it changes your electromagnetic frequency. Um, now, some medications will bring you down low. Some medications will take you up high. Same thing with herbs and roots. Um, they have shown that that making the tincture and taking it changes your electronic spectrum. Um, so you're actually manipulating energy in order to heal yourself with plants. Now, is that not cool? It's <laughs> fantastic. One of my uh, near and dear subjects these days is field theory and how oh, yeah. everything has its own frequency and field and how those fields tend to interact and to hear that, you know, when you ingest these things, it has an effect on your own field. That's amazing to me. And one of my favorite examples of that in the medical industry is when people get a IV or uh, saline injection. And the instant that it begins to get into the vein system, you can smell it and taste it in your mouth. And mm -hmm. I, I've had this experience and it's, it's it blows my mind every time because it hasn't had the time to circulate throughout your system and get up there. It's just, it, it's to me, it just says field interaction. You know, you're putting something oh, yeah. in the matter and it's, and it's having an effect instantly. So, well, you know, a good example is, is B vitamins. B vitamins are a very good example. B vitamins and electrolytes. That's the reason why they make your electrolyte drinks the way they do. Um, the B vitamins hit your system and the, with the electrolytes and all of a sudden you have a surge of energy. Um, it's really... <coughs> You're I'm so sorry. Excused. I'm Are sorry, there? you all. The sinuses will drain immediately without warning. Um, but anyway, uh, so you're getting that the, you're you're getting the salts that your body needs in order to balance its charge. Plus, you're getting the B vitamins that actually increase the charge, so you get a perk up. Um, that's the reason why back in the old days, when you got the flu, if they were going to give you anything from the doctor's office, if it was really bad, they'd give you a B shot, a vitamin B shot. But there's a little experiment that anybody can do if they want. Just find a light, uh, a small light bulb, you know, um, that has the wire sticking off of it. Connect it to two copper wires. Get you some lemon juice or orange juice will work, but lemon juice works better. Pour a glass of lemon juice and stick both ends of that copper down in that juice. And guess what will happen? The light will come on. Um, it's basically a Baghdad battery. But. If you add sugar to that lemon juice, you can watch that light go out. Yeah. The sugar industry is a whole thing. Um, yeah. So, you know, high, high sugar foods might give you a, a weird, a weird type of energy, but the reason why it drops off so quickly is because not only does the sugar not provide you long-term energy, but 
it actually depletes the natural energy of your own field. And, you know, they've already related sugar to how many different kinds of diseases. Um, you know, when you weaken your own energy field by using sugars that way, then what you're doing is, is you're actually opening yourself up to things that, that will, will go after negative energy or low energy. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting subject in and of itself. Um, it, well, I just brought it up because it fits in, it fits in with what we're talking about energies and, and, and your field theory. You know, mm -hmm. if you lower your field, then you're subjected to other fields. It makes sense. You know, uh, having a, a, a thicker barrier of uh, magnetic charge because, you know, as electrons move, it generates a, a magnetic field. And that's just science. That's the right hand rule in effect, you know. So as electricity moves throughout your entire nervous system, it also generates a magnetic field around it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're, anybody's welcome to fight me on that one. So... Uh, so when it comes to the brain, which is essentially, um, on fire with electricity all the time, anytime yep. you, you know, whether you're asleep or what it's, you know, there are firings going on, it's controlling your heart rhythm, your breathing, circulation, uh, adrenal limps, everything, everything's is constantly going off. And so there's this electrical storm up here and, uh, and then you start, you know, having deep focused thought and it begins to move out as, uh, I've discussed previously about the elect the electrical discharge two millimeters from the eye that's detectable and uh, mm -hmm. dr ross and, you know the the electrical brain it makes sense it is interacting with its electrical environments there's no electricity around me well there's there's electrons on the oxygen molecules there's electrons in the nitrogen there's electricity everywhere all the time and we just don't think about it generally well, you know, with me, it's like there's a really good example of, of the electromagnetic field that a tree has. And it actually has it actually has a higher reach, which means it's getting to a, a more focused energy than you do standing on the ground at six foot or seven foot tall. <laughs> so, right. I understand that there's a uh, a charge disparency like every. I think it's like 10 feet or something like that. You, you gain a certain amount of voltage. Every and, 10 feet, you get, you get a higher voltage rate. Right. So that, you know, that's why Crowley went up on the mountaintop. He was a mountain climber. And, Absolutely. And he got booted out after doing some kind of, I, I had read, I can't confirm that he had done some kind of a blood ritual up on the mountain. And the rest of the hikers that he was with were not about that shit. And they booted him out of the club. <laughs> so. Wouldn't but, surprise me much, but. You know, I noticed the difference. I, I live at 4,000 feet, and my energy level and my, my stasis point is good where I'm at. But now when I go to work, I'm about 1,800 feet lower. Now, that's a huge difference when you talk about the, the, the field energy around you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, 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 the math is available for folks who are interested in this topic. There are a number of YouTube videos out there also. Um, I'm sure there's one on my playlist somewhere and Raven's probably got one too because this dude knows a lot of stuff. But um, so right, like uh, a charge disparity between high elevation and low elevation. Um, it, it makes sense as to why like sites like Machu Picchu are so sacred, right? Oh Super yeah. Super high elevation, 
you know, and it's got access to a lot of sun and wind and those also, you know, take and deposit electrons and, and it's, it's pretty I mean, interesting stuff. You know, there's people who love to ride around in a uh, convertible, mm. but when you ride around in a convertible at the end of the day, you're generally sapped. And the reason why is because that wind racing over you is it might feel great, might be amazing and invigorating. But the whole time that that wind is racing over you and around you, it's stealing electrons from you. Yep. Absolutely. Um, um, so intention, as you had mentioned earlier, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of, uh, well, basically from what I understand of magic is there's, there's basically three types. There's, white magic which is uh you could say positively intended energy right black mm -hmm. which may be um something harmful or beneficial only to the self only yes. to the self right so you're cons yeah. not considering um the the rest of uh existence at that point exactly and then gray which is like a, i don't know somewhere in the middle i suppose but i don't yeah. know what kind of an example i would have for um like a gray kind of magic or energy transfer Uh, you know, <clears throat> that gray area is a weird one because I, I don't I don't even know where that you, you would find gray. You know, you're either benefiting a lot of people or for me, the dark stuff is taking from other people to benefit yourself. Um, you know, if you're doing something that's beneficial to you that really doesn't affect anything, maybe that's what they mean by gray. But um, mm. intent is huge. Intent is huge because um if you go out in the yard and you do qigong barefoot and you just want to get it over with really quick and go through your exercises you will find that it has very little if any benefit um i do qigong and tai chi nice. which are very meditative um but if i go out there and i do sometimes I, folks i get in a hurry <laughs> i'll go out there and i'm like okay I'll, I'll get through this and then i'll go get whatever else i'm thinking about done i get zero benefit from it other than the fact that i exercised <laughs> um hmm. i really don't it, it really doesn't even with my bare feet grounding me and 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 the breathing exercises um my mental state is already somewhere else so my focus is already somewhere else and uh if you do things that way um you'll find that you'll get hardly any benefit out of it i mean i've, I've seen weightlifters that work really really hard and they might put on some muscle or lean down or whatever but they really don't get the benefit out of the weightlifting because they only go to the club because they, they got to get this done and then go get that done. They're, they don't spend their time in the moment. And that's where the intent and the focus comes from. You, you know, the, there, there's, there's this old saying that, you know, you have to be intent in the moment. And uh, a lot of people are intent in the next moment and the next moment and next week. Well, if, if your head is already then you're not reaping very many benefits today. Hmm. The, uh, there's a, an idea or practice in Buddhism and the name eludes me at the moment, wherein you practice being exclusively in the moment to where you don't even realize that time is passing, you know, like you're hyper-focused on the experience of the now. And in that everything else kind of falls away. And, um, I have ADD and it, you know, the, when I do get hyper-focused on stuff and everything else falls away, my wife gets really mad at me 
So, <laughs> you know, like we, we have to find balance because of the nature of where we are, you know? Yeah. And so I think balance is, is kind of the best that an individual can really, really hope for, you know, yeah. Christhood is I'm sure a noble pursuit, but boy, man, your, your odds are probably low at reaching that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Buddha uh, or becoming a Buddha. Um, in this day and age, you know, you, you can get to an extent, you get to a level where people notice and then they just pile on the bad stuff, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll give you a really good example of being intent in the moment. Like when I'm at work, I always notice that, and I notice that I'm like, I have to be at a certain point in what I do every night in order to know that I'm going to finish all the work that I need to get done for the night. I mean, it's just that way. Most jobs are that way. So I know that at a certain time I have to be in a certain location within the facility or I'm running behind. Now, if I'm paying attention to that, I will run behind the rest of the night. But if I go in and I'm just kind of doing what needs to get done, what I find out is, is that I start out behind by maybe 30 or 40 minutes. But by the end of the night, I'm ahead by 30 or 40 minutes because I just do it. Um. A lot of times I'll record podcasts while I'm working and uh, it's really cool when I do that because all of a sudden I've, I've gained like an hour of completed work and wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's so, you know, when people are um, a lot of people I'm sure have experienced being really enjoying, well, enjoying a moment in time doing something and they find that time tends to move faster in that experience you know what i mean mm -hmm. um whereas you know you're looking at the clock every 10 minutes you know a watch a watch pot never boils and so you know the school day is excruciatingly long and, oh, yes. and then and then you know play time is instantaneously over it's crazy you know they say that uh they say that uh if you're if you're having a good time and things are going well time flies and when you're misery, when you're miserable and malcontent, time will, will drag. And uh, I always, I always look at it this way. You know, my everybody says, "Oh, time's flying." Well, what are you doing that's making it fly? Um, if you're not involved and overly involved in being, you know, negative, is that maybe the reason why time's flying? Um, I can tell you, I've I've blown through forty years, and it seems like a couple. <laughs> There, you may be on to something with that in regards to, as a former negative Nancy, finding problems in absolutely everything, you know, and being pessimistic in my views, um, coming around to the other side of that, wherein, uh, let's say, for example, you know, when you come to the understanding that, you know, life doesn't really have a meaning, you say, oh, no, life's got no meaning, like nothing means anything. But then you realize it doesn't have one, so you get to assign one to it. You get to. Exactly. It, you know what I mean? And um, and that's a real game changer. Once you come come out of the expecting an answer from the outside and start finding your own on the inside is, is a very powerful thing. And, well, and that brings us back to what we've been talking about, folks. We're talking about intent and energy. The uh, energy you put into something is the energy you get out of it. You know, the only time in my life I can remember time dragging 
was uh, during periods of grief. You know, it's hard to wrap your head around the loss and all the emotions and everything else that, that ride through you, whether you want them to or not, when you're in, in an intense grief period. But that is the only time I can tell you in my life that, I, that my time has just slowed down. I mean, uh, agonizingly slow. Um, but once I got a grip on the grief, instead of it having a hold of me, and I worked my way through it through, with meditation and, and socialization and all the other things that you try not to do when you're grieving, um, which is really weird. It's almost like you're encapsulating yourself and causing yourself more misery. Um, mm. But most people aren't analytical enough to see it that way, you know? But once I got, uh, when, I, when I got a grip on the grief instead of it strangling me, then my time shifts started and the energy changed. And, you know, you, here we go again. The race is on. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, you know, I, I literally, in my mind, now don't get me wrong, the head injury didn't help because it erased a few years. But in my mind, 17 and 18 was only a few years ago. And, and I'm going on 60. Um, but I have lived, <laughs> I have lived an amazing energetic life i mean just to stand up comedy alone from from 93 on that kind of energy and that kind of laughter and, and giving it away makes my life better and it you know i figured that's something to bring up because just giving away the laughs you know you would not believe i got a note the other day yeah, you know, I, I don't want to say it. I don't know how to say it any other way. I make I make really sexual jokes in some of my laugh podcasts. I've got adult comedy. And there's this thing that I refer to about, you know, wildlife and, and trees that you would use for making decks. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to say it the way I would on, the, on my podcast, but here's the deal. Um, I make these jokes all the time in the adult podcasts. And somebody just sent me a note, and it was just those two words. And I laughed all day. I just thought it was funny. Um, so that energy that I gave them, their two words in an email gave me all that energy plus because I got to laugh all day about it. So beyond that, uh, everybody's heard that laughter is the best medicine, you know. And to the degree that there are people who have made either side jobs or full-on professions out of being laugh therapy coaches and uh, trying to get people into a place where they're able to get into deep guffaws to belly laughs all on their own without anything else. Uh -huh. And, and uh, that action it apparently is a, a very high frequency kind of thing. You know, I mean, you're, you're, the laughs are, choppy you know there there's oscillation going on in the breath and breath mm -hmm. you know uh spirit comes from i don't know it was some latin meaning breath or something like that and so yeah. ultimately you know breath work is is really important too and i'm sure you implement that as well i know you do because you oh, said yeah. it just a minute ago oh yeah um, you know so absolutely there's well, something to it when you respire you're you're exchanging air um Really good example is a, is an old pagan practice of standing underneath the tree, which is what I started to bring up earlier. The tree reaches much higher than you do, so it's got a whole different energy field around it. And they have measured these, you all. It's not like I'm just blowing smoke. Um, 
they have a much different energy field than you do, and it tends to be higher than yours. So if you, they call it breathing with a tree. If you stand underneath a tree and you exchange breath with it, because it's going to take your CO2 and it's going to give you oxygen. So you're literally exchanging breaths with a tree. It's the same thing as, as, as uh, doing CPR. Um, you're giving somebody your breath. Well, in this case, you're, you're, you're exchanging breath with a tree. But by standing underneath that tree and exchanging breath with that tree, you're also exchanging your energy field with that tree, which means you're getting a higher energy than you would if you were just standing out in the middle of your yard on your own. Um, there is a science behind these old practices and rituals. Interesting. Interesting. And I would imagine that various trees, well, obviously various trees would have their own energy, um, like uh, tree specific, but also groups, right? So there's a lot of oh, yeah. lore saying like oaks are old, hard, wise trees, whereas mm -hmm. you know, pines shoot up and they're soft woods and they're not as dense. Um, Definitely different energy fields in those trees too. And then when you start talking about They've proven that, that these hybridized trees, some of them are better and some of them are worse. And the GMO trees, the fast-growing pines, for example, have almost nothing to them. Hmm. Um, just, just by doing uh, scans of, of them. But, you know, uh, back in the day, almost everybody had a giant tree in their front yard, even in town. Um, or you had a neighborhood giant tree. And where did everybody go hang out? Under the tree. <laughs> that it kind of has me wondering like you know i imagine that it's probably not awesome for kids to not only just be on screens all the time but to not be outside not playing in the trees not climbing the tree or on the tire swing or oh yeah like that. you know what i mean so well we had a giant oak in our front yard and in the summertime because it wasn't like it is today with air conditioning and all this other stuff we had box fans and stuff um in the summertime all the chairs were underneath the tree out in the front yard. Why? Because under that tree, not only did you feel better, but it was like 15 degrees cooler. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, there's that, man. You know, um, life pre-central air was was a little different. You know, there, there, there are other reasons to get out of the house besides mom told you to get out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, well, and, you know, the thing about it is, is, is uh, people don't think about, you know, I'm trying to bring the science into the practices that we do without even thinking about it, like the being underneath the tree. Um, but people just, they get so locked into going in the house. Well, if you're in the house, you're, you're, you're inside of a giant electric box. You have, you have wires running down or up through all your walls over your head for your overhead lights. You got all these electronic fields from your refrigerator and uh, this the, the electronics you've got running, plus your radio or your TV. Now, don't get me wrong, I like music, but you have all these elect this giant electric prison that you hide hide inside when you're inside your house. Um, it literally cuts you off from every bit of the natural energy that's outside. Um, I think I've told you this before, but just for the people who are listening to you. I do all my podcasts sitting outside on my natural wooden deck. I, I very, very rarely record anything in the house. Um, even when it's bitter cold or, or 108 degrees outside, I'm outside when I record or when I'm doing guests like I am today. Mm -hmm. Being outside is, is where it's <clears> at <throat> for me. You know, everyone's. 
Well, you know where I'm at. Yeah, I got. I, I don't have the. I don't have the uh, deciduous trees uh, leafed out right now. So, way down there on that bottom road, sometimes you might hear something go by. But it's really cool when a bird comes up and visits. Um, right. But sitting outside, I, I'm not being interfered with with all the energy that's that's in the walls of my house. You know, so uh, it allows me to connect differently with people when I'm doing podcasts or, or guest appearances. And, you, you know, don't get me wrong, over this winter, man, there's been times I've sat out here and my fingers were were near blue when I went back in the house, but it's still worth it um, to have that open energy field around me rather than playing. Hmm. I got a creek deck back behind my house, and uh, I love it in the summertime because at night the frogs sing us to sleep, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's nice. I, I wish it was i had a friend who, who said oh man i wish everybody could live out here and i said yeah me too you know like i'm city cities are nice and everything and industry is good but uh balance is is a paramount thing in my book so without oh it, yeah oh yeah you know it's and, and in the summertime now look back to the tree thing in the summertime i've got these giant trees that go right along the front of the property and if i'm sitting out here in the summertime i'm literally right under underneath their overhang so you know it's it's uh but you know energy fields you know we, we folks we're probably gonna end up having to do a second one because we've got off on tangents but they're all relevant to to what we're doing um and something else to point out is there's a lot of videos out online now that are showing the electromagnetic field that your body creates it's no different than the electromagnetic field that the earth creates so now if the earth has a electromagnetic field to protect it from incoming energies that are bad for it, isn't it a really good idea that you maintain yours? <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, you know, to add to that, like we can't forget that each of the brain states correlates to the Schumann resonance frequencies, right? And so oh yeah. Alpha, gamma, theta, delta, oh, yeah. all that stuff. They, you know, we are not anywhere near as uh disconnected from our environment as we like to think ourselves they're just not well you know they try to isolate you from your environment you know tennis shoes and shoes everywhere and go inside that house that has all the wire around the outside of it to isolate you from outside and um you know when you're in your home you're in an electric field that is closed and it's not even a natural one because of the uh, power circuits, but you're inside of a closed electric field, which means you can't interact with anything. Um, unless you are intentionally, you know, trying to feel what's going on around you. Um, you can go in your house and not sense anything from anybody around you. Um, which might be a good thing at some points, but yeah. I always say I like to be outside at night after everybody's gone in their houses. They are either zombified in front of their television or they are, are contentedly locked inside their little electric boxes that don't interfere with my thought and my connection to what's around me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that being uh, being beneficial, especially if you're in a populated area. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, then you, then you got places like New York where you got places like New York where it never stops. Ever. You know, I, I, New York Patriots and one of my buddies, but I love New York and, and the boroughs up there, the people up there that I know and the, 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 the experiences that I've had there have been really, really good. But the energy field never stops. 
so it's like constant chaos in the electric fields you know it's it's like uh it's like the ghostbusters crossing their streams <laughs> well so it's not isolated in new york it's any major city with with it uses a lot of electricity so like and it's demonstrable too like so it, on the corners of each block, there's usually a transformer and the rates of cancer of people who live on the corner of a block next to that transformer are exponentially higher than people in the center of the block. Oh, yeah. So, oh. you know, and, and it's just pervasive. It's everywhere. Now, if I was there and I was trying to mitigate some of that stuff, I might wire things. If my house had radiant heat, like old water heater radiance, I'd, oh, I'd yeah. hook up some wires to that because water goes to ground and ground goes to, you know, the earth and you're good. You can help. Oh, yeah uh you know mitigate the environment a little bit but um yeah yeah it is what it is um you know back back in the day uh they used to have this jewelry and they thought it was slave jewelry and i've tried to point out to certain people that, that have brought this up that it wasn't slave jewelry there's a, a wristband there's a band that's at the elbow um there's one that's above the bicep there's one that goes around the neck and then there's one uh, just below the knee, one at the ankle. And then there's this chain that hangs down. And what it is, a lot of people say, well, that's slave jewelry. No. You have these bracelets that had, and they actually, some of them had crystals still in them. But you had these, and then you had a chain that hung off your ankle and went down and touched the ground. Now, people, people don't understand what that is. Um, if you work fireworks or if you work in a place that builds up static and you can't have the static build up on you, a good example is, is if you're a sandblaster, um, blasting metal, you know, cleaning metal off, you always have that grounding that goes down to the ground so that you don't build up a charge that will kill you. <laughs> um, same thing with, you know, working fireworks. They have that ground that goes down, you know, to the ground all the time. Well, that's what those people were doing. They were wearing sandals and they had those chains that would drag the ground and keep them grounded. I'd never heard of that before. Thanks for turning me on to that. I appreciate it really. <laughs> like, so, so anybody who's been to a carnival has been to the bumper cars and the bumper cars mm -hmm. work in the exact same manner. There is a electrified uh, grate over the top and there's a little wire that drags along that and it runs to the engine and the engine grounds it out. Anyway, yeah that's that's amazing so so it's an additional layer of grounding to mm -hmm. i guess all things being energy could could protect you from some other potentially uh invasive things that you know like the whole exactly. evil eye thing with the italians right oh yeah um, and other well cultures. and it's interesting that it's interesting that in some cultures that this this these chain links that were were body jewelry um were were attached to priest priestess classes huh. okay so people so, who are getting a lot of different attention from the entire community mm -hmm. help put some of that shit back where it belongs as it were yeah yeah you know it's it's instant grounding um so i mean you know it's something to think about um because obviously they knew something and they were taking full advantage of, of what they knew. Um, and then I got thinking about that in relationship to people doing fireworks. And I used to sandblast metal, you know, cleaning cars off so that they could be refinished. And I always had to be grounded with literally on my skin at my ankle, um, going down to the ground so that I wouldn't build up a charge that would kill me when I touched something. 
the charge build up from the machinery or from uh, the blasting media or it's, it's it's from this it's from the sand blasting through the air. Oh shit! Um, okay, so you, sil- get, you get you get electrical. You get a, it's silicon, silicon yeah. and quartz. You you get and you get, you get electrical storms and haboobs and and dust storms. Just just to point that out to people, it's the friction. So for those of you who don't know, quartz and silicone is a um, piezoelectric material. So when you apply pressure to it, it generates electric charge. So if you have sand made out of quartz or silicate and you're blasting it through the air and onto a surface and it's impacting that, it, the sand is going to have a charge to it. Um, it makes perfect sense. Wow, that's And, and it's, it's a big enough charge in the air that if you accidentally ground yourself and you haven't been grounded the whole time, it can stop your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah that's not good yeah. that doesn't lead to long-term employment at all no uh, there's other mediums out there folks you know don't be completely turned off there's also walnut shells and different things like that but it, oh yeah it's really interesting i mean quartz is i mean silicate is is super hard so i can see why they would choose that first and foremost over anything but you know we we're talking about energy and intent and and for me, and I didn't mean to turn this uh, guy, everybody listening, I didn't mean to turn this thing the other direction, but without understanding how the energy works, um, I, I wanted to convey how energy works so that you understand how your intent focuses that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, they've tried all these years to convince us that this is superstitious, hooey, bluey, and fooey, and it's voodoo, oh my God. Um um and science has absolutely proven the the field effect around you the energy that you carry and your ability to focus that energy um qigong masters can knock a house down and barely even touch the stinking thing i mean it's it's wild stuff uh um jack oh i lost his last name dynamo jack um is a indonesian dude he's able to ignite combustibles with you know electrical emissions from his hand the qigong is yes is your body's electrical system you know you've got wires running through the whole thing telling it what to do and when and uh, I, i've seen some videos of qigong uh health practitioners doing little examples of some of the potential in in light ways and they focus through their fingers from across the room mm-hmm. and the person you know it develops a, a burn on their skin on their abdomen there and it, you know it was a, like a white burn essentially you know like a yep it looked like a freezer burn almost. And yeah, Qigong uh, you know. is probably the best example of, of uh, a, a, a source that you can look up anywhere online. You know, Qigong practitioner breaks a block and all he does is set his hand on top of it Spilled or starts a, a fire. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very interesting that, that uh, you'll find a lot of people like me that have gotten to this point in their their mentality and their understanding of things switches from the hard stuff like jujitsu and hop keto to tai chi and qigong because it's more effective and we've realized that it's more effective than the hard-hitting massive things um you know we don't have to exert the energy because it's around us Yes, it's around us, in us. We are, everything is energy. You're in constant connection and, and interaction with the environment. And um, if I like to use this analogy of 
humanity being very much like a human body. We've got like I don't know, seven trillion cells and humanity seems to be in a place, generally speaking, where every cell thinks it's its own person. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. we're, we're very, very much, in my opinion, one very large spread out organism over the entire planet. That's oh yeah. I'm oh yeah. You know, um, it, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, the older traditions say that every, all is one. There is no separation between us and a tree or us and a squirrel or us and the hawk flying overhead. Um, and everything that we do is, is connected to all the other things. So if you do something negative, that negativity is going to flow through everything. If you do something positive, that positivity is going to throw, flow through everything. Um, yeah, I was just telling somebody <laughs> funny. I was just telling somebody last night. That's the reason why, even if I have to forego one of my other podcasts, I will make sure that I have a laugh podcast that comes out every week. I want that positive energy um, to go out. Um, and I've done it. I, I have literally gone and 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 had to you know forego an interview or forego one of the podcasts I was working on in order to make sure that the laugh podcast was out. Um, and I will continue to do that because that positive energy is much better use of my time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The information and the dialogues are awesome, but I can see why you would choose to focus on that. Um, it, you know, there are, there are some philosophies that say you should divide your your finances up into thirds, use a third of it for the, the sustaining stuff, use a third of it for yourself and then take a third of it and give it away, you know, mm-hmm. because, because finance money is, is really just faith and energy. That's all it is. You know? Yep. So, well, and that's, and that's, that's the way, that's the way our intent, our intent, the energy that we use every day, that's the way, that's the way it is. It is, it is, keep a third of it for yourself, whatever you need to do. Um, you know, invest a third of it. Well, I do that with my podcasts. And then the other third of it is really trying to make sure that those, those laugh podcasts get out. I'm giving away the energy. Um, and people don't think about those kind of esoteric meanings to the things that we do. Um, you know, and it's a shame (laughs) that they don't. But, uh, you know, even doing podcasts is giving away some of your energy, hopefully, if you're doing it right. Mm. Um, there, there are some of them out there that it's all about the narcissistic aspect of it and taking energy from other people. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, they belong on mainstream media. Let them have their, uh, their MTV. Without oh, yeah. Music. Well, and let me point out to you all, you know, I talk about the comedy because I really encourage people to laugh. Um, it's, <laughs> the energy is so fantastic. You listen to me laughing now. Um, but they'll point out, you know, hey, like Robin Williams killed himself. Well, you know, if you are involved in that kind of marketing and that business aspect of it, and it becomes a low energy, uh, you look at him, he had extremely high energy and he was an extremely foregoing person. He, he, he was uh, personally, he was a fantastic human being. But he got caught in the marketing and the negative aspects of the business. So he was constantly, you know, it was like, you know, taking two pieces of sandpaper and rubbing it together all the time. Um, you can only do that so long before something's going to catch fire. He was a, he was a really deep dude. I don't, I don't think people quite 
uh, know how how deep he was in the what was it early nineties or something. Uh, Steve Martin was on a night show and and someone called out something from the audience and Steve Martin said, "Robin, is that you?" And Robin Williams was out there in the audience. And he ended up coming up and uh, got away from talking oh, yeah. about this new program that he was doing and then started talking about how quantum physics was probably going to be really it. And uh, yep, you know he's a uh, he was an absolute firecracker. He was a blessing to humanity, in my opinion. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a yeah. Basically, basically, what we've been able to do today is is give people kind of the basics of the energy. Hopefully, you and I can get back together, and we will talk about how people focus it and how they use it. We definitely um, will. This, it is, be this has to be too religious. Parts. Well, well, whether it be religious ceremony or or Wicca or magic, you know, the real magic, not the um marketing all these things are manipulations of your energy whether you agree to it or not if you participate in it you're either doing it with intent or somebody is doing it to you with the intent yep yep pretty much um super bowl is a pretty good case in point these days getting weirder and oh, weirder yeah. every halftime oh yeah super and and award shows and uh, sports sporting events of all kinds with their opening ceremonies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's been going on for a hot minute. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. They've been doing it. They've been doing it ever since. Uh, the first time I really noticed the ritualistic aspect of it. Now this is how old I am, y'all. It was when Janet Jackson had her breast revealed. I'm like, mm-hmm. that was a shaming ceremony in public. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, so, so what's interesting about shame that I learned recently is the, the brain does not distinguish the uh, signal between shame or the body doesn't between shame and physical pain. Like they are frequently interchangeable. Um, Oh yes. It's kind of fucked up. You ask me, but. Well, and you know, that's what they do. That's what they do uh, in the uh, indoctrination system you know the the school systems they use shaming to to bring compliance and they don't consider that torture that's that's true when that's in fact it, it has the same effect as if they walked up to him and stuck him with a hot poker yeah yeah what little kid really loves the entire class pointing and laughing at him because they got a poor grade and it was announced publicly or what have you yeah oh yeah sense. there's all different kinds of it though like you know why are you asking that question that's not relevant that's a shaming technique mm. um you know anytime anytime that they call attention to a child that's younger or you older even in, even in high school or work um they do it in universities today which you know i thought universities were a place to go learn actually learn but um anytime that they create a situation of shaming or or highlighting focusing something that causes shame um, it is the same process as if, if I walked in with a hot poker and said, is it you? <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's the reason why it's done that way. Um, it used to be that they would smack you on the hand with a ruler. Now there's pain. <laughs> um, but that process was gradually changed through sociology and psychology, psychi- uh, psycho, uh, yeah. Okay. Psychology. Sociology and psychology. Yeah. They figured out that they could do it in a different way with only words so that it wasn't violent. <laughs> Catch that. Yeah. So it wasn't violent, even though it causes the exact same reaction energetically. Well, I, uh, I'm i going to have to call it for this one. Raven, I got to have you back, man. This has been oh, yep. 
outstanding oh, dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need we, we need to do a second part so we can talk about the intent and the focus and the ceremonial and the ritual. That way people can see how all the energy stuff that we talked about uh, transfers into how it's affected. Oh, yeah. Let's have that dialogue soon. Um, Absolutely, please, brother. Let, let everyone know where they can find you again, please. On Instagram, it's Raven Kiefer, or Instagram is no apologies enough said. Twitter, it's Raven Kiefer, capital N-A. You can find me at YouTube, Raven Kiefer. You can find me on all your podcast repeater sites um, under Raven Kiefer or No Apologies Enough Said. And my home home podcast site is Spreaker.com, Raven Kiefer. Appreciate you all. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thank you, Raven. I really appreciate it. And to those listening, I appreciate you too. Thank you for giving us your time and attention. I know how valuable it is. So again, have a great day or whatever time this happens to find you.